Dawn and Steve welcome our friend Percy McRae later this hour to provide hope to those walking with someone on their cancer journey. You can call or text questions for him, 800-555-7898. You know, that's one of those journeys that just brings sorrow into a life because the difficulty you know is ahead, watching many friends walk this and some in remission, others still dealing with that and how we can help them. And that just gets really heavy when you go through difficult things. I tell you what, Steve, when I come in in the morning and I look at headlines that have happened over the last 24 hours or several days, it gets heavy almost immediately just because you know these are lives that are impacted. There is sorrow, grief, anger, all all the emotions and the aftermath even of how we process through what has happened and just looking at what has happened after the parade that was held for the Kansas City Chiefs celebrating right to thousands of people gathering for this time of a parade and rally to support them and say yeah congratulations and then tragedy strikes yeah 21 people shot one fatality just heartbreaking and a significant number of those who were shot were kids and I just think man that has got to be absolutely heartbreaking. You know, as a parent, you take your kid to see their favorite players. You know, they love Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and all these guys that they watch on, on TV all the time. And you're going to go celebrate the fact that they just won the Super Bowl. And so many people injured yesterday. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely heartbreaking. And And when we have a situation like that, whether it's a shooting at a public venue like that, a school shooting, a church shooting, like happened recently uh, down in Texas at Lakewood Church. So many places where we see this, you know, like, what do we do with the thoughts, feelings, and emotions? Because they have become so frequent that it can almost be tempting to just simply say, yep, there was another one, yeah, and move on. But mm-hmm. if that has touched you in some way, if that has touched your community in some way, if that has touched uh, your family in some way, it is absolutely devastating. And then what do we do with all of the feelings and emotions and mess that comes with that? Mm, and we do here at Moody want to be here for these situations because of that question and how to answer that and how to grieve together, how to lament together. I don't think we talk about that lament part enough. I, Uh, Growing up, I was raised in a church that we talked about the Bible all the time, but we did not necessarily look at it when it comes to, say, the whole book of Lamentations. It was like, that was for then. That doesn't necessarily apply to us now. And yet the Lord gives us what we need, even in the word, to say there are going to be seasons where you are crying out. And that is all the sound you can make is to grieve and to grieve outwardly. I think of our friends in Las Cruces and that they've lost an officer in a situation there lately. Uh, Nashville yeah. also lost an officer, and this has been within the last week. Yeah. Um, and then Washington, D.C.? Yeah, three officers uh, shot yesterday. Uh, thankfully, none of them were killed, but shot as they were um, delivering a warrant to someone. And so, yeah, we live in a, a very messed up, sinful world and we see the effect of sin on on full display and when those things touch our lives in a deep way like you said sometimes all we can do is weep and cry out 
and it feels like there's never going to be light again, never going to be able to have any sense of normalcy again, never going to be able to breathe again. You know, it, it can be absolutely overwhelming. And I think taking the time to lament is maybe one of the most, if not the most important thing we can do as we experience these things, because lament is just different than being sad, mm-hmm. right? Lament involves taking those griefs and those sorrows to God, in a sense, complaining to him, because he's the only one who's really going to be able to do anything about it anyway. Yeah, right. And comfort being one of the key components because of walking through a broken world and broken society. And I oftentimes will think, Lord, I just want you to fix it. And I want you to fix it right now and fix it so that the pain is gone Fix it so that the situation is no longer dire. Fix it so that all your loved ones are okay. All my loved ones are okay. And then he so gently and sweetly reminds me that not only is he still with me in all of that, and, but this world's not my home. I, yeah. I, I really don't. The tension is you really don't want me to fix it here necessarily the way you want it because this world's never going to be perfect and the next thing will happen. What you want is me. Right. You, you want my presence in your life and, and to have that commune with me and the power of my spirit will hold you because home with him is where everything will be right. Meanwhile, he's given you life. He's given me life with purpose. And, and sometimes that purpose is to grieve yeah. and to lament, as you said, taking it to the Lord. Well, I'm glad you acknowledge that sometimes we need to take that time to lament because I think if we skip that step, we can find ourselves stuck for a long period of time because we don't know what to do with those feelings and those emotions. But giving them space, letting them breathe, yes, letting them kind of in a sense work their way through us, taking those things to the Lord, not rushing through that process, I think is huge. And as part of that healing process of, you know, being able to come out, I almost hesitate to use the words come out on the other side, but there's an element of that. And there's an element where I don't think we ever come out on the other side completely, this side of eternity. Living in the and And of that, I hear you say. Exactly. And I think that is so much of the Christian life is we live in the and of knowing God is sovereign. He is in control, yet at the same time. We see the uh, effect of sin, and we live in the brokenness of that. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to continue to uh, talk about this. And if you want to join the conversation, you can call or text 800-555-7898. As we talk about lament this morning, and based on the headlines that we see, there are reasons to lament for sure. Mm-hmm. You see the national stories. We see the international stories. And you maybe even have personal stories in your own life, reasons that would cause you to uh, really grieve and and be in lament right now. And taking the time to do that, I think is such a a good and healthy thing. You know, God has given us a whole book in the Bible to help us lament, the book of Lamentations. And you think about, all right, so what did the nation of Israel do and what did God encourage them to do? I mean, they they talked about in the book of Lamentations the fact that the tears were plenty Mm -hmm. because the grief was overwhelming. The sin was rampant, and the effect of that sin was absolutely devastating. And so there is a time for tears, and there is a time for talk. 
you know, I, we see that in the book of uh, Lamentations, but, but I think we also hear that all the time with different guests that we have in, like Phil Herndon and others who will come in and say, getting that out verbally is such an important thing in the healing process. And sometimes as we're even to just be able to put words to the pain, there's an element of healing that can come just from that. Amazing in that way yeah. that God's created us to to enter into that and to me, it parallels so much as to why he gave us story connectivity through the scriptures. He tells the story of many lives and many pain points that the nation of Israel went through and how even Christ before he went to the cross and, of course, the cross. I mean, talk about pain. And I think often of Mary as she looked on her son who was on the cross and the disciples who were sitting there and trying to take it all in and understand. And they often would say, Oh, we don't get it. Tell yeah. us again. Just pain. Pain comes with living in this broken world and the sin, thinking about lamenting for our sin and our nation's sin. Wow. So many things. And direction that God's word gives us. Psalm 147 is one that comes to mind. And just speaking of direction, because there are times that your sadness is so, so deep that you can't utter any words. It's only tears. So yeah. to say, to look at the, what the psalmist wrote in Psalm 147, praise the Lord for it is good to sing praises to our God for it is pleasant and a song of praise is fitting. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the outcasts of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. And you look at just the first three verses of Psalm 147 and you think about how he calls us to praise and you'll get there <laughs> yeah, yeah. In, in the very beginning of the pain process, though, oftentimes I'm reminded that when we have those no words that he provided Jesus to intercede and the spirit will groan for us with the words that the father needs to hear. That's nothing short of amazing yeah. grace. Yeah. We see the grace of God and display in that right there. And sometimes when we don't have words, I think the words that we can, in a sense, borrow for a little while are the words of the psalmist. You just took us to Psalm 147. But there are a number of other psalms mm -hmm. and precatory psalms and all sorts of psalms that uh, the psalmist has given us that really put language to some of the feelings and emotions that we don't necessarily know how to verbalize ourselves. True. I don't know how many times in some of the harder seasons of life, I've gone to the book of Psalms and, you know, it's those Psalms where like, Lord, my enemies just bash their teeth with rocks, knock their teeth out in the rocks, destroy them, crush them, all Little these Psalm things. Little Psalm 55 you can going really on there. really identify yep. with the human emotion of all that. But so many of those Psalms, in fact, I think all of those Psalms at some point turn a corner. They give lament. And give voice to the pain and to the hurt and to the feeling and emotion that we're feeling. And then there's always that turn. Yet, Lord, I know you are. Mm -hmm. Then, God, you da 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 da. I think, you know, going to the Psalms, Psalm 147 is one, but there are so many others that you can go to that will give us those words to express our grief and our lament. And at the same time, 
leave us with a reminder of who God is in the midst of that pain. So very true. And then we encourage one another with that. That's why we talk about it here on the air. And I know it was just a couple of days ago, we were looking at scripture for something else. And I'm trying to remember which of our Moody Radio family members said, I memorized Psalm 91. I'll have to look back and see who said that. And I was able to use that with one of my kids this week and say, hey, speak truth over this in your life and speak Psalm 91 over your life every day. Because I had gone after you said that I had gone and looked to see what it it said. And it was such an encouragement to me to receive that and then pass it on. And this is what the body does. That's what God meant by bringing us in together to be members of the church, his bride. Yeah. Well, we're so glad that uh, you are with us. And as we think about doing life together, one of the things that may cause pain and may cause lament and where we need to speak truth over our lives is dealing with things like cancer and disease. And coming up in just a few minutes, we're going to be joined by the Reverend Percy McRae as we uh, talk about dealing with cancer and all the different uh, things that come along with that. Cancer is a tough journey, whether you are a loved one supporting someone on that journey or you yourself are walking the road. There is so much to it emotionally and physically. And the Reverend Percy McRae knows this well as a cancer survivor yourself and 20 years over ministering to people that are on this cancer road. And you say there are some wisdom keys, especially when it comes to communicating with your health care provider and the spiritual need that you have as a person. And a few weeks back, we covered a few of these and we can get all of them to you, healthhopeandinspiration.com. But let's, let's pick up about the physician's faith or lack thereof. What do we do with that as the patient, Percy? Well, good morning, and it's good to be back with you. And I want to remind everyone that according to the Joint Commissions on Accreditation of Healthcare Organizations, they have a policy that states that for many patients, pastoral care and other spiritual services are an integral part of healthcare and daily life. And therefore, most healthcare organizations have some sort of commitment to supporting one from a spiritual care perspective. And that's good news for those of us of people of faith. Having said that, uh, in, in introducing and, and broaching a conversation with your healthcare provider uh, about your spirituality and about your faith, be mindful that your physician may not practice your faith or any faith. And I don't want that to throw uh, anyone who is a believer. Uh, just understand that. Don't be surprised by that. But I do want to say as a caveat, uh, what I've learned over the close to almost 30 years now Believe it or not, there are many, many, many physicians who uh, do have a deep and abiding faith. Many are Christians. Uh, Many are willing to talk about their faith and or uh, be encouraging of the prospect of faith uh, with a patient. But be mindful, your your physician may not practice your faith or any faith. And again, the prerequisite for practicing medicine is not based upon a doctor's spiritual orientation, right? but rather uh, the proficiency of medicine and science. So we just need to also just keep that open in our thinking if our physician should say or express that they don't have a faith or they they may not practice your faith. Don't let that shake you. Mm. That's a good reminder because a lot of us are going to probably want to express something in that way. And if it is not picked up on, if we don't uh, have a doctor or physician who responds in the way that we kind of hope that they do, uh, Percy, 
Do, do you push? Do you stop it? Drop it? How would you kind of counsel us to uh, move forward if they don't seem to engage when we begin that conversation about faith? Yeah, the, the key important component here is a great question, Steve, is, and I think that this is probably one of the most lacking dynamics of with the community of faith is we need to have balance and we need to have wisdom. That's why I, I stated this as wisdom keys in approaching your physician about your faith. Uh, understand that your doctors are not obligated also to, to reveal their religious beliefs to you. So again, you may broach the subject, you may even raise the conversation, but just understand they are not medically uh, professionally obligated to reveal their religious beliefs to you. Doctors are people and may not wish to divulge their personal information or share their faith practices with you. And they may desire to keep this as uh, part of their own personal lives. But again, I wanna be very clear. Uh, I've met very few physicians and I've worked with many of them close to 30 years that are not at least willing to have this conversation just to understand where you as the patient are coming from. And if your doctor is really a doctor that cares about good doctor-patient relationship, they will at least engage in that conversation to understand what your needs are. So again, uh, just be mindful that they're not necessarily obligated to reveal their religious beliefs to you. So be mindful and be sensitive and respectful of that. Well, the respect is the key there, isn't it? In the conversation with your physician, especially if they don't share your faith. Oftentimes in our passion, we might get argumentative with that person in the room with us that's trying to provide the medical care. Is this a good idea, Percy, to argue with our physician when it comes to faith? Well, it's just like anything else, right? I, I, as a minister and a pastor and a Christian, uh, I've been confronted by people in the mall and on the street who have witnessed and pass out tracks and have been so overly aggressive and zealous. I remember a scenario where I told an individual, I said, yes, I believe in Jesus. I'm a minister. I'm a pastor. And then this person proceeded to drill into me and question, well, what exactly is it that you believe in? How do you believe? So we have to be mindful and careful with our zeal. As you said, the Bible says that we can have zeal without knowledge, and we could actually uh, create a negative dynamic. And the, the same can be said with regard to uh, arguing uh, with your physician about spiritual beliefs or their practices or criticizing them about their faith or lack thereof. Your doctor is there to offer medical and scientific competence, right? Uh, they may not be an expert or even a, a proponent of religion or spirituality, and no one benefits from a strained, fractured patient-doctor relationship. And so with that, we don't want to create tension and anxiety or negative energy because, again, you don't want to shut your physician down from engaging with you, being uh, connected with you. And one of the quickest ways to do that, and I remember that day for me in the mall, I disengaged because I felt threatened by this individual who wanted to go into my doctrine, wanted to go into how long did I believe, did I believe in the name of the Father, the Son, and the whole, and it just became a very negative engagement and a turnoff. We don't want to do that with our physician. We want our physician to be our partner, and we want to be in harmony with our physician, and likewise, even around the conversation of faith or lack thereof. The Reverend Percy McRae with us this morning as we talk about some of these wisdom keys helping cancer patients 
approach their doctors, have the conversation about their spiritual needs. And we want to connect you with Percy. So healthhopeandinspiration.com. And you can go and find out more information and resources right there. Healthhopeandinspiration.com. Talking about the cancer journey with the Reverend Percy McRae, healthhopeandinspiration.com for more tools there at your disposal to help your loved one or to help yourself. And when you're talking about physicians and and your relationship with the Lord, you know, Percy, as you shared that last point about arguing about faith with your doctor when you're trying to get medical help from them, I, I think of that in almost every area of life. Like how many people have really come to faith in Christ because we've argued them into it, I'm going to guess that percentage is rather low. I'm going to say, and that's being generous, uh, extremely low. And I, I may have shared this last month, but uh, uh, a cancer patient that I supported many years ago under the same set of circumstances, uh, her doctor was not a believer, but she would always just share the joy of her faith while being a cancer patient. And her doctor was amazed by this and was wondering, given her prognosis, what kept her so motivated and inspired? And she had shared with him where she had gone to church. And he decided to, to go to one of her church services just to kind of see what is this group of people telling this woman and uh, sat in the midst of the service and received Jesus as Lord. He got saved as a result of she didn't argue with her doctor. She just simply shared the joy of the Lord and her faith in God while also undergoing her medical treatment under some pretty extreme circumstances. Uh, she received healing, and she also was able to witness to someone in a way that she didn't argue or debate with them, and they received faith as a result of her witness of the Lord. That's the goal at the end of the day. Yeah, amen, amen to that, absolutely. But uh, for some of us, we may look at dealing with cancer, and our goal is to be healed, cured. In fact, we we want a guarantee that that is going to happen. And Percy, I know you would say that uh, we shouldn't try and push our doctors into promising some sort of out specific positive outcome. Well, back to the top of the, the word for the day is balance. And again, I've been doing this a really long time. And over the last four or five years, we've had some of our great faith leaders and or their spouses uh, who have had a cancer battle and in some cases did not win that battle, right? Uh, who have written books and pastored churches. And at the end of the day, I think that when we, we, we enter into this space, what we want to do, because we have a right to believe for healing and we should believe God for healing. We should trust God for that. But we should always be mindful of the fact that we should not back our, cor our doctor in a corner to try to make him or her promise us a positive medical outcome based upon our spiritual beliefs or even their spiritual beliefs. You may have a Christian doctor who is also believing with you for your healing, but to try to put them in a position to say that uh, they're going to promise you positive medical outcomes based upon your spiritual uh, belief is just not fair to them. And quite frankly, it's not ethical for them to be able to do that because they can't promise that, right? They're, they're only human. Uh, they're just, uh, I shouldn't say just only a doctor, but they are not, uh, uh, they can't guarantee healing and health and wellness. And so it's not fair to your doctor to place them in that uncomfortable position uh, by asking them to guarantee a medical outcome. And I've seen this and I've actually had to intervene with family members who began to become very aggressive and angry uh, with their medical provider because they felt like that their doctor was not working with them. And in some cases, they felt like that they were speaking 
uh, not a positive confession over their loved one because they didn't say that they could guarantee a positive outcome. And so be mindful, be balanced uh, when you approach that with your healthcare team and be mindful at the end of the day that your doctor really can't promise you that and guarantee any outcomes other than doing the very best medical uh, job that they can do. And that at the end of the day, that the Lord has the last word of every conversation and that we'll have to step through that one day at a time and, and one moment at a time. Yeah. But don't, don't, don't provo- provoke your doctor to, to, to promise you a positive medical outcome based upon spiritual beliefs. Well, that is one of many, many wisdom principles that uh, Percy has been sharing with us. And we want to inc- encourage you and connect you with uh, the different resources that Percy has put together. So you can go check out healthhopeandinspiration.com. That's healthhopeandinspiration.com.